Pioneer Ministry there with Campus Crusade with Christ, for Christ. And I pray you get something out of this message today. This is for you. Okay. Get ready, get ready. It'll help your ministry in the future. Amen. Praise God and good morning to everybody on our podcast. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday. Whenever you're listening to this, though, it's usually during the week. So thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. It's a beautiful day here in Southern Orange County. We pray you're well and you're doing blessed as well. And that you're prospered on your job and your business, in your family and in your relationships in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Family of faith, faithful ones. Thank you for all our viewers, our faithful viewers. Thank you for tuning in today. We love you guys. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, Miss Danielle is not with us today. She's still in the hospital. So we're just going to lift her up this morning in Jesus' precious name as a group. You know, uh, the power of prayer gets things done. Amen. And corporate prayer um, is a powerful weapon and tool. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Um, that's a powerful tool. And the devil knows it, and so does God, and so should we. Amen. So we just agree over Danielle right now. We cover her in the Holy Ghost. We cover her in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, we confess that she is in the name, and that name is in her. That she's in him, and he's in her. And he's raising her up, 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 out of all infirmity, out of all lack. And that anointing that's in her shall put her over and rise her up. And we give you all the praises for doing it, Father. For in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And where two or three agree on anything, it shall be done for them. We thank you, Lord, for the victory and that promise. And we stand on our rights. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. If you like, you could turn in your Bibles, if you have a Bible with you, to Matthew 6. The title of this message is Worry and the Word. Worry and the Word. How many of you have been tempted to worry at any point in your life <laughs> about anything? <laughs> so worry obviously comes to everybody, right? And it's what we do with worry that makes the difference. So we replace the, the worry habit with the word habit. Amen. Say, I'm breaking down a worry habit today. Say, Father, I cast all my cares on you, for you care for me. Holy Spirit, teach me today. Open the eyes of my heart and understanding in the knowledge of you, that I may gain more than when I came in with, and leave with more than I came in with, a better understanding of the kingdom of God, in Jesus' name. And Father, Holy Ghost, speak through my lips. Let it come forth unchecked and unhindered from any outside force, any bird, any <laughs> any animal. <laughs> Did you hear those birds during worship? Wow. I was like, we either exercise some demons or exercise some nature because those birds were, were tuning in. They were singing pretty loud there. Blessings. Bless, bless, bless. We're going to look at a scripture on birds this morning as well, so we're going to tie that in. Yep, we're going to look at a scripture in Matthew 6 on birds as well. So Matthew 6, and we'll start in verse 19. Is everyone ready? Praise God forevermore. Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And I really, I really think the younger generation needs to hear this, this message. Uh, pass on that heritage of being faithful, being diligent. 
and being generous to the next generation. Do not lay up for yourselves. And they need to know a lot about money because the largest rant, uh, wealth transference to one generation to the next is, is upon us. And uh, they need to know how to handle money. Amen? <laughs> Otherwise, they'll kill themselves with it. Um, verse 19, Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Notice it says, for yourselves there, right? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men and women add into your lap. For with the measure you use, it shall be measured back unto you. And he also said, It is more blessed, that word blessed literally means empowered to prosper, to give than to receive. How do we lay up treasures in heaven? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Notice the enemy's down here, right? And he's not in heaven. The thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, as John 10.10, Jesus said in John 10.10, is down here on the earth. He's not in heaven. He got kicked out of heaven. Him and all his thief cohorts. So the enemy's down here. So don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth, but in heaven, where neither moss nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Say, I'm seated in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus right now. Say, I'm heaven sent and earth bound. Say, I'm seated in heaven now, and I have dual citizenship, and I reign in this life as a king, because he seated me with himself. See, it's because of what Jesus did that I reign in this life as a king. Amen. Verse 21, For where your treasure is, your heart, your spirit, your focus will be also. Verse 22, The lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. Proverbs, if you want to write that there, Proverbs 20, 27 is a great cross-reference. It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And right here Jesus says the lamp of the body is the eye. Literally spirit there. Eye is spirit. So the lamp of the body is the spirit. And Proverbs 20, 27 agrees with that. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So God speaks through our spirits because he is a spirit. Amen? God has a mind, but he's not a mind. So to understand God, you have to understand that you're a spirit created in his image and like us. Amen? And that he'll speak through your spirit, not your head. See, I hear God every day through my heart. Say, so he leads me through the lamp of my spirit. If therefore your eye or your spirit is clear, literally good there is clear. If therefore your spirit is clear. Uh, I believe some of us are in the woodshed right now with Jesus. And he's working on some of us, don't you? <laughs> he's uh, ironing out the kinks, getting rid of the, the clutter and the chaos and the contaminants. And don't fall into condemnation when the Lord's chastising you and correcting you and working on you. Don't let the devil trick you into that. You just say, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and I come to my Father, and He's faithful to correct me and to train me and to nourish me, and He loves me so much, He loves me just as much as He loves Jesus. So don't fall into condemnation when the Lord's working on you. It's for your benefit, amen, and His. If therefore your spirit is clear, free from contaminants, your whole body will be full of light as well. So notice here, healing comes through your spirit as well. Prosperity will come through your spirit. The health of your body comes through your spirit. Another verse in Proverbs says, it's the spirit of man that sustains him in bodily harm. So a strong spirit puts you over in every area of your life. So just be faithful to keep feeding your spirit the real you. 
If therefore your eye, your spirit is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye or your spirit is bad or evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. Sickness is in direct uh, link and relationship to sin. Jesus uh, cleansed them of their sins. He forgave them of their sins. And, and healing just followed suit when he did that. Say, I'm cleansed of all sin. Therefore, my body is whole as well. Say, my body is filled with light. Say, I'm sin free and proud. Amen. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And verse 24. No one, say no one, can serve two masters. Have you ever tried? Have you ever worked in a business or a job where uh, two people were giving you orders at the same time? It just doesn't work. It's like a double-minded man, but they're two people. Well, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in the literal mammon there is riches. And they are a man. You cannot serve God and riches. You cannot serve. Jesus said you cannot. It's impossible for you to serve God and riches. I wrote in my clip note there, uh, following money will take you out of the will of God. You cannot serve God and riches. So what are you going after is the real question. Therefore, I say to you, you know, if you go after God, riches just come. It's part of the blessing. It's part of prosperity. Amen? Therefore, I say to you, I've never gone after clients in our business. They've always come after me. Amen? Because we just stay faithful and go after God. Amen? Put the word first and that wealth will come to you. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. And here we go. Do not worry. So now this is a commandment from Jesus to you. Words in red went into me. Do not worry is a commandment. Amen? Amen? So if you break this commandment, that's a spiritual sin. Worry is a spiritual sin, and you ought to ha you'll have to repent from it. And you'll be judged on it if you give it place. Amen? He's commanding us here, and he gives us all the power we need to follow his commandments. Amen? The Holy Spirit quickens us to obey the word. Amen? Amen? The Holy Spirit's the power, not us, to obey the word. Amen? Not by power and might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So if he's commanded us not to worry, he also supplies us with the power not to worry and the authority not to worry. Do not worry about your life. So it's kind of under the preference to his disciples here that they've chosen to follow him and not riches, right? So he says, therefore, I say to you, my disciples, who have chosen to follow me and not the world's wealth and not the world's way, don't worry about your life because you've chosen to follow me. I got you covered. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, notice all the yous here. You can get pretty selfish wrapped up in your own needs, amen? And your world will close in on you. But if you keep others first, your world will open right up, amen? What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And notice the Gentiles, he says here, goes after all these things. But life is so much more than these things. Their pursuit is, is of these things because they don't have a God that meets their needs. Praise God we do, amen? And there ought to be a difference. The world ought to see us going after God and see the blessing on us and things that are added to us because of it. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds. There it is. There they are right there. Amen. I believe there's 33 of them right there. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air. Dad uh, caged them just for this scripture, just for this lesson. <laughs> so we can see them. Amen. Look at the birds of the air. 
For they neither sow nor reap. Birds and animals do not have the authority and the power to sow and to reap. But say, I do, praise God. Oh, that was so weak. Say, I do, praise God. Amen. See, they don't have the power to plant a seed and to call in their harvest and to eat of the harvest. Amen. But look, they're fed and they're alive, aren't they? He says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Shall he not much more clothe and feed you? Oh, you of little faith, he says. And the birds don't have a single ounce of faith. Did you know that? But you do. And Jesus says, even if you have little faith, you'll live better than them. Amen. Don't worry about your life. Is not your life better than the birds? Look at them. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bound, into barns. So here's another instruction. We're supposed to sow and to reap and gather into our storehouses the harvest. Barns are where you keep the surplus and the overflow. It's like calling that your savings account or your investment accounts. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. So if you sow and reap, Jesus is saying here, you should gather into your barns. There should be excess and overflow. <coughs> Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Did Jesus die for the birds? (laughs) He died for you, amen? He died for sinful men. He didn't die for the birds. He died for us, amen? We're of far more value than the birds, amen? Are you not of more value than the birds? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I just crossed that out. Cubit literally means in Greek, 18 inches. Which of you can grow by worrying? You can't. You can't add a single thing to your life by worry. So stop it and cut it out of your life. Amen? It will, produ- it will profit you nothing. Worry profits you nothing. It actually destroys. So rip it out. Amen? And refuse to do it. Some of us have to train and retrain our minds with the word to do it and to meditate on this scripture right here. When worry comes, this is the verse I go to in Philippians 4.6. Take no thought for your life. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry right here. I'm commanded to do it. Thank you, Father, for the power to do it. Amen. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add anything to your life? You can't. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing if it profits you nothing? If it's a waste of time, why do you do it? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Has anyone seen a lily? They're beautiful. Amen. There she is. (laughs) We have birds and we have all the demonstrations today. We have lily and we have birds. Consider the lilies. So he says, don't worry. Consider this instead. Take your mind off the subject of worry and what you're worrying about and now consider this. So it's a change of mind. Amen. Now he's saying, consider this. I'll give you something to think about. Replace worry with this. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, richest, wisest man that lived, other than Jesus, in all his glory was not dressed, literally dressed, like one of these. Now since God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, If he did this for lilies, shall he not much more do it to you? He's saying. Oh, you of little faith. 
if he so clothes the grass in all this splendor and all this beauty which can live one day and without water can die the next and your life spans 120 years shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith what about great faith amen belief for big things belief for more verse 31 therefore do not worry here it is again He's enforcing the law here, amen? Do not worry saying. You take worry by meditating what you're thinking, by saying it. How do you take worry? By saying what the fear and the devil says. Don't take worry by saying. Repent, rebuke it, get it out of your life, and think and speak the word instead, and that'll conquer the worry habit every time. The word will triumph over worry because the word is from God and worry is from Satan, the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy and steal your and mine peace. So don't think on the worry. Change your focus, he's saying here. Don't say it. Speak what you want, not what you have. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after, so worrying is meditating the problem, not the solution. There it is right there. Worry is meditating the problem and not the solution. So all you have to do is switch your focus onto the solution. And there's always a solution. Did you know that? There's a solution to every problem man's ever faced. Any problem you'll face in your business, your finances, your marriage, your relationships, there's always a solution. But you can't find it focusing on the problem. You find it by focusing and looking for the solution. So you have to take your mind and your focus focuses like gasoline in the spiritual realm it'll ignite and grow anything it's placed on so you have to take your focus your eye your spirit off your situation and problem and literally repent and turn to the solution and to god and father here comes the solution i'm calling in my harvest i'm calling in the solution you're going to give me the answer to my marriage you're going to give me the answer to me and you most of the time it's me most of the time it's us that he works on and has to deal with and when we make those little course corrections and shifts, yes. things just line up and we're free and easy again. Amen? Live in kingdom life to the fullest. Amen? Amen? Blessings come in. Everything's right as rain. Amen? Amen? When we make those little course corrections and, and shifts that he gives us. Say, wisdom comes from God and is coming to me all the time. Say, I never focus on the problem. Ever. I'm commanded to only focus on the solution. Jesus. Say, I have the mind of Christ. If I keep him first, everything's going to be all right. Amen, amen. For after all these things, verse 32, the Gentiles seek, the Gentiles, those who are not known of God and who do not know God, the world, those who don't know God, who don't have a covenant with El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough, are constantly seeking these things on how to meet their own needs every single day. There's people in the world who never sleep. They work 24 hours a day. And they get no sleep or slumber. And Proverbs promises his children, I give my beloved rest. And your sleep shall be sweet, he says. But they're chasing after their own needs. There ought to be a difference, amen? We're not running after stuff and we're not running after to meet our own needs because the last Adam redeemed us from meeting our own necessities. Jesus did. They're still under the curse of fallen man. When man fell, they didn't lose their authority in the garden, but they did lose the anointing. 
and they lost uh, touch inside of their provider. They started sewing fit clothes and making their own clothes. They started having to provide for their own needs. Well, that's not us anymore because of Jesus. Amen? Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So without Christ, without Jesus, no needs are met. But with Christ and in Jesus, all your needs are met, the Bible says. Amen? So I don't go after necessities. We live in our wants, not our needs. Amen? Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All my needs are met. Therefore, I don't think about my needs. I don't worry about my needs because all my needs are already taken care of. The Bible said that, uh, what, 2,000 years ago? That all your needs are met eternally forever? So say, I take no thought for my cares because <laughs> I cast all my cares on him and refuse to think about him ever again. Thank you, Father, for everything. Say, you're my all in all. You're the all-sufficient one. You're everything I need. I keep my eyes fixed on you. Thank you, Lord. So the Gentiles, those who don't, need, uh, don't know God, are programmed to, need, to meet their own needs after the fall of man. Adam's fall in the garden. They're wired to meet their own needs because they don't know a provider now. But that's not us. Amen? Verse 33, here's the solution for us. But you, who God knows, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or literally his right, right way of doing things, which is his word. His word is his eternal right way of doing things. It's how he functions. And all these things, say things, all these things shall be added to you. So you're not going after them, they're added to you. Amen? Say blessings chase me down as I chase down my Lord and King. Blessings come to me now. Say, I'm following Jesus. I'm aware of my rights. Now, Father, pour on the blessings. Amen. That did it. Amen. God can't move in your life until you give him permission. Praise God. You have authority. All these things will be added to you. That's a promise from Jesus. All these things that the Gentiles seek after will be added to you. I want an Aston Martin. Do I have one yet? No. But the Bible says, if a Gentile seeking after an Aston Martin, I'm entitled to have one. It'll be added. Amen? Whatever the Gentiles are seeking after, these things will be added to you. Amen? Amen. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? What are you believing for? Are you believing for anything? <laughs> if you're not believing for anything, you're not living by faith. You're just living in the flesh, just like a Gentile. Amen? We live by faith, not by sight. Amen? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Through faith and patience he obtained all the promises of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So believing God for something and then receiving your answer pleases God. He takes great pleasure in our prosperity. Amen? Amen, amen. I hope I'm not preaching to the choir. I know this message has to be for somebody. Amen? <laughs> Glory. But seek first the kingdom of God, His Word. Place the Word above all things and all circumstances, and everything will be added to you. Therefore, again, therefore, do not worry. There's the third time. <laughs> do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. See stuff, things. 
Don't worry about tomorrow today. Just live in the now. Enjoy today while it's today. Amen? Tomorrow will take care of itself and you'll have enough faith for tomorrow as well. Amen? Take no thought for your life. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's keep reading, shall we? Judge not. Notice he's talking about riches here, right? We're talking about treasures in heaven. We're talking about wealth and riches. We're talking about necessities being being met, wants even. And notice he just slips in judgment right here. So that tells me judgment is linked to the blessing. Judge not that you be not judged. If you live in a life of condemnation and condemning and judging others, you probably aren't going to have a lot of stuff. It's linked here because you're now outside your love commandment. Judge not that you be not judged. Notice that seed time and harvest. That's sowing and reaping. Judge not that you be not judged. Don't sow that seed. Don't condemn anyone. Don't judge anyone. Just judge yourself. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. You're the one that measures it back into your own life. Seed time and harvest shall never fail. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If you're going around judging others, yeah, that's what's coming back to you with the measure you're using, too. It's coming back to you, so expect that harvest if that's you. Amen? But if you go around blessing others and encouraging others and uplifting others, that's what's going to be measured back to you. Seed time and harvest. Verse 3. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But not... See, Christians are famous for judging their own brethren and sisters. Not even the world, really. But those around them. Why do you look at the speck in your brother or sister's eye, but do not consider? There's that word consider again. Contemplate. Get in depth with the Holy Ghost and have Him show you things. The Spirit of Truth. But do not consider the plank in your own eye. Lord, help me. Hey, here it is. Here's the fact. If I'm judging others, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. There's something in me still. There's some condemnation. There's something someone did to me that I haven't forgiven them of. And I'm still judging others. There's something wrong with me, not them. Judgment is a sign that I need a, I need a fix. I need to get with God and get over it and make my spirit clear again. Amen? Amen. Why do you look at the speck in their eye but don't consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. Here, let me help you. You got real issues. <laughs> Let's focus on you and your issues. Let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank, an even bigger speck, a board, a plank, is in your own eye. <laughs> Hypocrite, Jesus says, verse 5. He's speaking to the religious sect of the day. And Christians are famous for getting all religious, amen? Instead of free. Hypocrite! Exclamation point. Remember, those are the same religious people who tried to throw him off a cliff. He called them hypocrites. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye and how to deal with it in love and compassion. Verse 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. 
Um, swine are unclean animals. If you could hold your place right here and turn to Proverbs 11.22. Just hold your place right there and go to Proverbs 11.22. Swine were unclean and the Jews were not to eat of unclean animals. Pigs, swine. So don't cast your pearls before the wicked or before the unclean, he's saying. Don't give your prized possessions. Don't support non-Christian businesses. <laughs> Don't give them to the dogs, he says. Those are outside the kingdom. Don't give your pearls <laughs> to swine. Thus they trample your money under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces and try to take you for all your worth. Don't cast what's a prized possession to those who are outside the kingdom. Keep it in the family, amen? Proverbs 11.22 says, As a ring of gold in a swine snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Who lacks discretion. There it is again. Gold in a swine snout, or pearls before swine. Amen? Your treasures, your possessions. Don't cast them to those who don't have discretion. Don't cast your dreams before people who can't understand them. They'll turn and rend you uh, to pieces, it says, and tear up your dreams just like Joseph's brothers did to him. Tore up his robe, tore up his garments, and cast them into a pit. So don't do that, amen? Use good discretion. Discretion literally means good judgment. Don't cast them before people who don't have good judgment, who aren't living by the word. And that will preserve you, amen? amen? Verse 7, ask, I love this verse, ask, and it what? It will. Jesus says it will. That's a promise from Jesus to us. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Say that with me. For everyone who asks, receives. Say, whenever I ask, Jesus promised me, I shall receive. Now that settles it. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Say, wisdom's coming to me now. He's not holding anything back, he says. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil before the cross, not of God, their spirits were not reborn yet. If you then, being evil of evil heart, know how to give good gifts to your children, well, say, I'm good. Say, I'm good, and I know how to give good gifts. Good goods, gifts to your children, how much more? Say, much more. Will your Father who is in heaven give good things, say things, to those who what? Ask him, or literally give him permission. So he can't give us good stuff until we permit him to, Amen through asking in prayer. Lord, I allow you to bless me today. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Bless my socks off today so I can buy socks for somebody else. Amen. Amen. Say, I live a blessed life. I'm here to be a blessing. Say, I won't settle for less. People ought to know me by my fruit and what I have. It proves that you're a son and a daughter of the king. Amen. It proves that you're royalty and you're not a slave and in bondage serving the devil anymore and serving stuff. Say, stuff serves me. Say, money serves me. I'm money's master. When I tell it to come, it comes. It obeys me. 
I don't listen to it. It listens to me. See, you're more powerful than mammon. You're more powerful than stuff. Amen? Amen. Stuff comes to you as you seek him and you command it to. Believe for more and then command it to come. And don't stop until it comes in. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. What's the law and the prophets? Seed time and harvest. Amen? Amen? Whatever you want men to do to you, first do to them. This is the whole law and the prophets, he says, is seed time and harvest and grasping this concept. Verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and confined, literally confined is the way, which leads to life. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I am the door, I am the way, I am the life. He's saying many, many people don't find Jesus. They don't find the door. They're trying to get into the, the flock and the sheepfold through another way, another source, maybe Buddha even, or good works or self-righteousness. And they never receive the door and the way, the truth and the life, Jesus. Because narrow is the gate, and confined is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find me, saith the Lord. Have you found Jesus? Have you met him personally? You'll know when you do, amen? There's a lot of Christians who have never met Jesus. They call him their savior, but they don't call him a friend. They don't call him provider. They don't call him healer. There, there is one ticket into heaven, but they don't know him. They just know what he did. But you ought to get to know him, amen? He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Notice he didn't say shepherd's clothing. He didn't say pastor's clothing. He said sheep's clothing. That's the flock, amen? False prophets are in the body or in the flock, amen? Not in the pulpit. Now there's some that are, but Jesus says they come to you in sheep's clothing, the flock. They'll be in your midst or in your church. Beware of the false prophets who are in the church who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. What do ravenous wolves do? They tear things up and split things apart. That's how you know a wolf in the midst of the church, is they're trying to divide it. They're trying to split it up. They're causing strife. They're causing a uproar, and they're trying to tear things apart. That's a wolf. Cast them out of the flock. Amen? Amen. And a good shepherd should know how to get the wolves out of the flock. Amen? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. Say, I'm a good tree, and I bear good fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Say, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Jesus says this. It must be true because he's the truth. Verse 19, every tree. Say, Yahweh. You're the way, Lord. You're the way, the truth, and the way, the light. Yahweh. You're the way. Verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And hold your place right there and go with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is titled, The Way of the Righteous and the End of the Ungodly. Say, the ungodly are coming to an eternal end. 
unless they get with Jesus and are made right. He's the way, the truth, and the light. There's no way to be good outside from Jesus. He's perfect. You're not. Get used to it. Just receive him. Amen? Not of works, lest any man should boast. Say it's all about Jesus. I look to him for everything. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor seats in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, this man of God, this woman of God, their delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And in his law or in his word he meditates, speaks to himself day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he or she does shall prosper. Say, I'm a tree planted in the eternal word and kingdom of God. I have what I say, I speak what I know, and then I get it. In Jesus' name. Therefore, by their fruits, what falls from their tree, you will know them. What they're saying, what comes out of their mouth, what they're established in, what they've been rooted in will come out of their mouth and you'll know them by that fruit. Verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will or the word of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. How many Christians really know him? I never knew you. You never got to know me. You just used me for a ticket to heaven. I don't know you. Get out. I never met you. You've never come to me. You've never fellowshiped with me or talked to me. I don't know you. There's a lot of Christians who call themselves Christians you won't see in heaven. They don't know him, and he doesn't know them. I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness or who don't abide in the word and who don't do the word. Now these people use the name without the Holy Ghost. They use the name just like that one person used in the book of Acts to cast out those devils who wasn't with their company and the devil ran and tore him and jumped on the man. Who used the name, but he wasn't in the name. And that makes all the difference. Being in the name gives you the authority. Amen. But using the name without the Spirit, you got nothing. Amen? You got to have the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you. Amen? And you got to know Him, and He has to know you. You have to be in the name to effectively use it and for, for it to work for you. Amen? Devil, get out in Jesus' name. Why can I stand on that? Because I know I'm in His name. That He knows me, and I know Him. Verse 24, and we're wrapping up. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them and does this word and does this word and not just hears them, I will liken him and her to a wise man and woman who built their house on the rock. Say the word is the rock. Verse 25, And the rain descended and the floods came and the situations, test trials and turbulations of life came and the winds blew and beat on that house, that life, that person's life, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. Say, I'm a doer of the word. I'm founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. See, there's a lot who hear but don't do. And this is the Jesus' address to them today. 
Everyone who hears his word, these sayings of mine and my teachings, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, the test trials and affairs of life. And it fell. And it fell. And great was its fault. They lost everything. Because they weren't built on the word. They weren't doers of the word. Therefore, when those tests came, they lost all they had. Verse 28, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as how to hold authority and not as the scribes. How has he taught us to hold authority? By being doers of the word. By being a doer of the word and not a forgetful hearer is how we operate in our authority. Amen? It's the word we do that we know. It's the word that, uh, that we do that becomes flesh and dwells among us and manifests in our midst. Amen? It's not the word we hear, it's the word we speak and do that matters. Amen? He says, don't, don't just love in word, but love in deed and in truth and in action. If you don't put action to your faith, it'll never work. If you don't do what the word says, it won't work for you. You have to become a doer of it for it to function in your life. Amen? You can't just be a forgetful hearer. And like some of these mega churches, you just go to church on Sunday just to fulfill your religious requirement and then forget all about the word. You never open it up during the week. Well, trouble's coming and you're going to fall big time. Amen? You're not rooted on anything. You're rooted on the world. Amen? We have to be rooted and grounded on the word. Then when any test and trial comes, it speaks contrary to what the word says. No, I know the word on the subject. That settles it. The thief comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy your body and your health. No, I know the word. By his stripes I was healed. I'm rooted on the word. Amen. I get out of bed if I'm feeling pain because I know the word and I'm a doer of it now. I'm a doer of 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes I was healed. Yeah, I'm getting up because I'm a doer of the word. If I was healed, I am healed. Therefore, I'm going to act and put actions to my faith and do what the word says. If the word says through his poverty I was made rich, I'm not going to look at my bank account or how I'm going to pay my bill. The Bible just said he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not going to try to consider how he's going to do it. I just know he is. He's a miracle maker, amen? He made all we see. Surely he can make some money fly my way, pay my bills supernaturally, amen? Pay your bills supernaturally, right? He created all things. Why can't he do it again? <laughs> Say he's the creator. And I take him at his word. Say he's faithful and his word cannot lie. See, he's not a man. He can't lie. He doesn't have sin in him. He's not corrupted or tainted. He's not a man. He's God. He's a spirit. The spirit of all things who created all things and spoke them into existence. Say he's the all in all. He's the apple of my eye. <laughs> See, you won't go to that tree he told you not to eat it if you keep him as the apple of your eye. Amen? You won't fall like Adam and Eve did in disobedience if you keep him as the apple of your eye. Amen? Jesus said, eat of me. My words are flesh indeed. Come eat. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats of me will never hunger. He who drinks my blood shall never thirst. All your needs are met through Jesus. And that's the, that's the issue for the world too. That's the solution. Jesus is the solution for debt. Jesus is the solution for 27 trillion in America debt. Jesus is the answer. 
If you do what he says, you'll never hunger or thirst. He'll supply all our needs for forever. In heaven, on earth. Amen. They were both created by him. Amen. And we have dual citizenship. Amen. Hallelujah. Did anyone get something from this message? I pray someone uh, watching online grabbed hold of this jewel in Bangladesh who's winning Muslims for Campus Crusade for Christ. I pray you grab hold for this because often doing the Lord's work all the time and living in impoverished lands, uh, you can get disconcerted and discontented and discouraged. But praise God that God meets all your needs. Amen. Jesus is your source and he's your Lord. And if you're doing what he says and doing what the word says, he's so faithful to come through every single time. He is more than faithful. Amen. Let's all stand and give him some praises, can we? Father, thank you. So how good you are. How great thou art. You are so great. You're more than enough. Father, we sow seeds of faith this morning, expecting to reap big harvest. This year, the open door of supernatural increase, unlike anything we've ever seen. Father, I put my faith in my seed today. And I call forth a hundredfold return. In Jesus' precious name. You're more than enough. And as long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. We bless you, Father, for every blessing that you've bestowed on us. We worship you, Lord. You're more than enough. You're El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Enough, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You're our provider, not the world. Not man. You are our source of everything. And we look to you for everything. Not our employer, not our business, not the ministry, not any of these things. We keep our eyes fixed on our Savior, our Lord, our provider and healer, who meets every single need according to his riches and glory. Thank you, Lord, that you outgive man every single time. And we can't outgive you. We bless you, Lord. We offer up our sacrifice of praise this morning and we say all is well in my house. All is well in my household. All is well with my children. All is well with my grandchildren. All is well in my household. For I am of the household of faith and this is the victory that overcomes the world. The faith that lives in me. The faith that lives in my family. Overcomes the world every single time. Father God, we stand upon your word and we see victory upon victory and breakthrough upon breakthrough. Every single day of our lives, we only take thought for today. For tomorrow, we'll take thought for the things of itself. We have faith right now. We have faith today to open the doors and the windows and floodgates of heaven and to call in blessings unlike any seen before. We thank you, Lord, that the wealth of the wicked and sinner has been laid up for the just, and we are faithful to keep calling it in. Into the household of faith for more to give with, more to live with, more to bless others with, that we may be the reigning kings and queens on the earth you called us to be, blessing centers, prosperity centers, healing centers for the kingdom of God and the earth. We bless you, Father, for all you've given us. We bless you in return. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you so much for this word that never fails. You'll never leave me or forsake me. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me. Fear, I speak to you now. Chronic fear, I speak to you now. Get. I don't tolerate you from here on out. 
worry you're a sibling of fear. I don't tolerate you in my house. Bow down to Jesus now. Say I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm vigorous. I'm prosperous. Whatsoever I put my hand to prospers. And God instructs all the work of my hands. Father, show me where to put my hands to. Show me what to do for you. And I'll prosper because of it. Thank you, Lord, for your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Say, say, Jesus, I'm your hands. Jesus, I'm your feet. Use me today. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I follow him. And I shall not want because I do. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Does anyone get something from this message? Thank you for joining us today. We're going to, if you'd like to sow into our offering and sow your seed, we believe for you uh, for your hundredfold harvest in Jesus' name. Say, it's coming to me now. It's on the way. I'll never give up on my harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. And if you'd like to give online and support and sow a seed in faith, don't just give. Give in faith. It'll profit you. You can do so at ElishaMarkMinistries.com. We love you. Thank you, Jewel, for tuning in. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for everyone who's watching on there. We love you guys. Bye.